<laughs> ready? <laughs> oh, I'm ready, Shelby. Hey, book lovers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Miss Willa's Book Club. I'm Shelby. And I'm Jenna. We're your hosts, and we're excited to be here with you today discussing our favorite thing, books. Whether you're a fan of magical fantasy realms or a hopeless romantic, we have the perfect book recommendations for you. So grab your bookmarks and get cozy, because each episode we'll be discussing viral books on BookTok and Bookstagram. And don't forget that drink of the episode. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Yay. So, unravel me. Book two of the Shatter Me series. Yes. You rated book one three stars. I gave it a three flat. What did you think of book two? Um, book two, I thought was definitely better. I if I gave Shatter Me a three, I gave Unravel Me a four. So wow, I thought that's it was a, good a lot job. better. Yeah, but I also feel like sometimes I feel that way with sequels. Yeah, because you, you know already the know the characters. Yeah, yeah, you definitely like get it. a little more into the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it definitely went up for me. It went from a three two five to a three seven five. <laughs> you only get it for the three point seven five. Yeah, it went up, it went up a little bit, but it was it still it's had still to grow on me a little bit. Yeah, but. Again, I feel like sequels are just like that, though. Mm-hmm. So it's it gets better as the sequel goes on, I think. Definitely. Yay. Definitely does. <laughs> but when we pick up in this book, so we're officially in the compound, right, that Kenji has brought us into. Yes. Isn't that where we pick up in this book? That is where we pick up. And so at the very beginning, she's been there for three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it kind of just starts out with, like, this is what life has been like. We're at the compound now. Right. And I wasn't really surprised when we're starting, like, right in the first couple chapters, and she's having, kind of like we talked about with the parental guilt in the last episode, that she's still having all of this trouble, like, intentionally accessing her power, because Mm -hmm. she spent years trying to avoid her energy. And suppress it. And suppress it. And so, of course, it's going to be hard to find it now, because she seems ashamed of it and it's so sad hearing how she talks with castle because castle has this like oh i'm father figure i'm you know pushing you to do well but i'm supporting you and she just gets so flustered and so Mm -hmm. upset that she's not that she can't like move forward with it yeah i know i thought it was really sad so if you guys hear a noise in the background, that would those be the dogs. are the puppies. <laughs> and she looks like a little contortionist. She's maybe, so funny. Maybe we need to introduce the doggies and in some of our pictures, too. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Everybody loves doggies. Books, <laughs> dogs, and coffee. Right? <laughs> Nothing I love more than books, dogs, and coffee. <laughs> so while we're on the topic a little bit, we've got a drink mm. here. Oh, yeah. Why don't you tell us about our beverage since you're the bartender all right so we have got coconut vodka you have to try it don't knock it until you try it we've got some orange mango juice and we've got some sparkling what would you call it sparkling ice water what is uh like a sparkling lemonade kind of yeah and it is freaking delicious it's really good i feel like i'm on a beach i know it feels like you're on a beach and because it is so damn hot here in denver Mm. We are very excited to have a cold drink today. Yes, yes. (laughs) Deviating from the wine a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for a hot day. Good for a hot day. You know what's funny? Something I haven't noticed, but since these books are YA, 
Nobody drinks, do they? Like, oh the whole gosh. time. I don't think they do. They haven't talked about it yet. No. Oh, my gosh. I don't think... I, I mean, they're all young, you know? Yeah. Right? I guess. But if you're in the apocalypse, I feel like I I'd drink at 18. Well, then you think about it, too. Like, Serpent in the Wings is also YA, isn't it? Yeah, but isn't or she, is that like, like, 20 or something? 21? I mean, I think, I think it's she's YA. she's 19. But then they go I to the age bar. Up. I just, across the board, if any book that I'm reading, I pretty much age up, especially with female characters, like, yeah. at least five years. Same. I like, oh, you're like 17? Oh, you're 22. You're, yeah. You're 19? Oh, you're 24. Yeah. Like, it just... We're just a little too far removed at this point. Well, they don't <laughs> act like they're 17. Well, actually, she kind of does. But. Okay, she 100%. She 100% does. She is one of the... Even still, I still think that she is one of the whiniest characters. Oh my god. Yeah. And I know it gets a little bit better, but oh my god. Yeah. Sometimes it just out drives me. Yeah. Well, I think she's just still feeling sad for herself in the beginning here. Yeah. Which, again, kind of like I said last time, I understand she's had some trauma. People gotta do what they gotta do to get yeah. over trauma, but I always hate... I'm, I'm a big fan, or not a fan of the miscommunication trope, and I'm not a fan of the constantly pushing away all the people that are trying to help you, even yeah. friends. Like, so. even if you don't realize it, it's like, she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm mm-hmm. not going to let anybody help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do you know who she does want to let help her oh in the beginning God. here? Who? Adam. Oh, my God. I grew oh, so tired. Adam. Oh, my gosh. Adam, take oh off my, my clothes, Adam. I had 17 me. years to make up for it. I want to feel everything. Ew. Yeah, sorry, it's... Juliet. I was not having that part. No, even while it's happening, I am just not not a huge fan of it. Yeah. Yeah. Although I did, like, because I think that we called out in the last book, too, that we noticed that um, Juliet always says how hot Adam was, like physically hot. Yeah. Not not uh, like, attractive, like but like warm hot. And so when they're <laughs> you know making out and getting hot and heavy in the very beginning of the book, mm-hmm. and she says it again, he's so hot, his skin is so hot, and I think I've already said that, but I can't quite remember. And you think you would remember, right? Well, teenage <laughs> hormones, man. We talked about it last time. Like oh if that gosh. was teenage hormones, I feel like this is just. Like, reminds me of, like, backseat makeouts or something. Yeah, you know? absolutely. absolutely. Like, trying to find the one, one spot that you can hide in secret and hook oh. up with your high school boyfriend. Yeah, it's like they were doing that, like, the whole first half of the book, basically. Mm-hmm. But did you catch in, when they were doing that makeout and uh, he pulls back and, like, he pulls back and bangs mm-hmm. his head on the wall and he was like flinches after she reaches from after that. Did you? I would did you peg that? Hundred percent caught it. Yeah. Because I I tagged it and I don't remember. Was that in the very beginning of the? Yeah. Oh, yes, because I even have it tabbed and I said, "What the hell happened? Did he just get hurt?" Yeah. Well, and I I had marked it too, and I said he had to have felt it with three exclamation points. Yes, he had he had to have he had to have. Yeah. Adam basically gets hurt from her touch, which is the first time at this point that we he's even made a like any instance of like hey i'm affected by this but she doesn't realize that at the time and it's supposed to be a subtle suggestion i think we just both were looking for it i know i was like all right when's the shoe gonna drop with adam yeah (laughs) when is this gonna happen and so it's clear even beyond just that interaction he's been acting off for like the whole beginning of the book he's been doing something with castle trying to figure out if he has some energy in the same way that she does Mm -hmm. and I don't know. It just, it, it's clear he's going through something. He yeah. doesn't want to tell her about it. 
he's like no i can be strong on page 23 Mm -hmm. he has no reason to feel unsure about me or around me and i don't want to know why he's looking at me like something is wrong Mm -hmm. and i was like oh boy i knew this wasn't gonna last but yeah and then did you notice that after she said on 23 uh like something is wrong now she starts second guessing herself and mm-hmm. now the writing style goes back to like her insecure writing style. I did. Yeah, with all the cross outs and mm-hmm. she kind of stumbles a little bit more and yeah, I did notice that actually because yeah. she cut, does go back and forth a little bit, especially in this book of feeling a little bit more confident and sounding a little bit more normal. But mm-hmm. I, th- I think most of this book she still is really struggling just to accept who she is and yeah. And it's funny because when I was thinking back, like while I was reading with reading it, I thought like I was still really annoyed with Juliet. Me too. I was like, why aren't you actually giving people a chance? Like, why aren't mm-hmm. you, why aren't you like trying to make friends and trying to do things? But then it's like I think about it again, and I'm like, ooh, think about everything she's been through. Think about right. like all Except of her years. I I get that, but it is so different because she's in a compound specifically for people like her. Yeah. Like the rest of her life, she's been the oddball and she's stuck out more. And now she's in a place where there's a lot of other people like her. I don't know. Yeah. So I know that I should be nice about it, but she still annoyed me a little bit on that. But you know who didn't? Kenji. Oh my God. He stays the best throughout the entire. I loved him. Just We said at the end of book one, too, how much we loved him. Loved him now, too, because... Even though she's not making an effort, he does. Like he, does, he the whole rearranges time. his schedule. He like makes this whole point to basically say you need more than just Adam in your life. Like Adam can't be everything to you. Yeah. You need to have friends. You need to feel confident in yourself. I loved that. I really loved that. I love that he was kind of there for her when nobody else was. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really sweet. And I just love their banter too. Oh my gosh, their banter is so, so funny. Funny because it's like you would be with an actual friend it's not like i don't know he's kind of the only person that actually treats her like a friend yeah and it it. reinforces that girls and guys can be friends platonically even though he's always joking about hitting on her he doesn't actually mean it they're like genuinely just friends yeah and i love it he's always like you're so hot you're so hot and then she kind of starts to like joke around with him too Mm -hmm. i yeah i loved it but my favorite (laughs) is like how much he always is calling out how like gross uh adam and her are <laughs> they're constantly like oh oh my god you're next to me i need to be touching you oh i can't think about anything else now he literally goes like you guys stuff. are disgusting you know that right because <laughs> he's so funny, he is funny. All of his little his little one-line phrases are just like they mm-hmm. crack me up i know they were funny but, and it like brings a little bit of normalcy back to her life too mm-hmm That she can just be friends and just be a person. Yeah. And so she, you know, Kenji makes a point. He starts, he's like, I'm going to start eating my meals with you, especially breakfast. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just going to be Adam. You're going to hang out. But then while they're all having breakfast together, Castle walks up. And Castle, he starts kind of mentioning that Adam's been running these tests. And he's like, oh, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe we should do it with Juliet. And Adam shuts it down so fast. He's like, absolutely not. And he just keeps avoiding and keeps not answering Juliet when she's asking she's like, what's going what, on. What's your power? Like, what is it? What are we doing? What are the yeah. tests? And he, Castle specifically says he wants to test Juliet on non-living things, mm-hmm. which I thought was like, why non-living things? Like, why would you think 
she would have a difference on something like if she can do other things well because they already know she's punched through the wall and done whatever else right yeah didn't she do something else too they don't know why so i guess that yeah Yeah, but so that's why they want to test on non-living things right because she's already proven that she can do something yeah to inanimate objects yeah and so they want to figure out what it is and it seems like a safer way for her to explore her power absolutely it was sad to see just from like adam's perspective because they were so excited about each other that it was like oh oh well and it's sad because she felt so excited to finally be able and even if he was just a body which i still feel that way that he was just the first available one yeah oh yeah but, same but she was getting something that she's never gotten to experience before yeah and immediately she tries to be the bigger person and she's like I, he will not touch me i will not allow him to touch me never again and that was what was sad mm-hmm. to me because she was all excited in the first book and basically up until this point that like oh my gosh I have somebody who can touch me I have somebody who can touch me but then you realize that like it's really not going to be good for either of them because if she allows this to continue to happen she's still going to be upset because she's going to notice he's in pain and right. he physically can't even though he tries so damn hard to keep it going I know oh. But also, there's a certain point where he needed to acknowledge that it was new. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But he doesn't. He doesn't. No, but he's trying. But you know what? She's in it. And at least in the beginning here, she's in it. And he's, she's trying to pull away, but he's not really letting it. And, yeah. you know, they, uh, they get after it. And, of course, <laughs> it ends exactly... How more teenage expect. makeouts. Yeah, more teenage makeouts. More teenage yeah, I should makeouts. say that it's, you know, it's a very PG-13. Very know? PG-13. Very descriptive, but very PG-13. <laughs> yeah. It was funny, though, because, like, all of the scenes with Adam, I wasn't like, oh, I like that. <laughs> it was like, this is awkward. Mm-hmm. It was it was like I was watching somebody else do it, and it was awkward. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, this submersed me inside of the, the scene, and I, I love this, which a lot of scenes can do. But this one, not so much. Not so much. Yeah, but I think it's just because of how we felt about Adam. Yeah, he was just a whiny little bitch, basically. <laughs> yeah. But immediately afterwards, Juliet kind of retracts in any progress she had made, like you said, with her mental yeah. health. And she's doing her, I don't know, kind of neurotic behaviors, counting things and, uh, like, rethinking thoughts. And, yeah. I don't know, just really questioning who she is oh, as a person. Oh, because what happened and... when they were making out was basically he his guard was almost completely let down because they were having like quite the intimate moment and she he goes Juliet I I can't and I fall to my knees screaming screaming like I've never screamed in my entire life Adam is in the medical wing Mm -hmm. and so she had basically like really really hurt him Mm -hmm. and he's in there for days yeah and yeah it made me so the line that made me the most sad one of the you know crossed out lines when she goes my parents were right to get rid of me I was like oh god I ha- yes. I know that was so sad because could you imagine putting those two together as like those were similar situations mm. that were clearly so different but it was so sad I couldn't imagine ever feeling like my parents thought like that but I did hate a little bit I made me hate Juliet a little <laughs> that immediately after she's like oh well Adam can't touch me and then within, like, ten pages, uh-huh. she's like, well, you know, the one person who ever dared to touch me, well, 
one of two. I find myself thinking of Warner too much. I'm like, man, girl. I know. <laughs> that happened quick. It was immediate. It was literally almost immediate where oh, she was the like, next. what about Warner, though? There were two people that can touch me. One's down. Okay, Warner's here. I had the same exact yes. notion. I was like, that was so fast. Yes. <laughs> I did not like that about Julia. It really made yeah. me dislike her a little bit in that moment. Well, especially because... Yeah, that that hasn't happened yet, but... <laughs> yeah, and I mean, she's at least... And she even says on the next page that she's like kind of recognizing that there are maybe some ways that their lives were similar, just in that they, you know, grew up with the tough love kind of parents or you yeah. know, maybe in a, in a tough position. And so, like, I understand. I, yes. I, I get it, but I did feel like it was really fast. It was really fast, but the speech that she had about him... She goes, and this is what I've learned. I know that he's a tortured soul who, like me, never grew up with the warmth of friendship or love or peaceful coexistence. I know that his father is the leader of the reestablishment and applauds his son's murders instead of condemning them. And I know that Warner has no idea what it's like to be normal. Neither do I. He spent his life fighting blah, blah, blah. She basically goes on and on and on for an entire page about how similar her and Warner are. And I just thought that was so interesting i guess that like not like yes she was thinking about warner but she wasn't thinking about him like oh we're gonna i'm gonna go In sleep with warner now. Yet, yeah. yeah it was like oh wow we're actually really similar Kindred and like spirits yeah 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 i did and that's why i say i, I get it but i was still unhappy with how oh, quickly 100%. she flipped the switch it was i felt like that was rude immediately for how much after. she still at this point is trying to be like oh my god i love adam i'm obsessed with adam Yes, like, it's like okay, you're obsessed well, with Adam, but like, okay, this entire series, you've been also thinking about Warner. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. then I didn't really, well, obviously, because they haven't really talked about it up to this point, but like, they're like going out kind of frequently and like mm-hmm. going and getting supplies and Stealing making sure stuff. things are okay. Stealing stuff. I thought that was really cool imagery with like, we've got a team and this is what we're going to do. It felt like kind of like a spy movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I liked that a lot. I don't know why, in my mind, I, I was still very much, though, uh, picturing, like, I'm sorry, <laughs> picturing, like, the Dauntless from a Divergent movie, oh where my they're all, gosh. like, you know, black, and they think they're so cool, and they're jumping off the train, and like, But that's totally what it was like, too. It's 100%, like, like, wow, we're so cool. We're so cool. Look at Totally what, what I pictured, do. though, was, like, just imagine that one scene of Dauntless of, like, all of them, like, yeah, jumping off the train, like, on the roof. That's, yeah. that was basically what I had in my brain. And then, like, the stare at the camera moment, like, yeah, I know that was cool. Right. <laughs> but then, so they're, they're basically going, they've, they've been, like, again, secret mission, right? And I'm trying to get to the secret tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So they're, she's basically just looking at the outside and she's like, there's so much to see. There's so much to observe. So much I've never been exposed to before. Mm -hmm. I dare to lift my head and the wind grabs me by the throat. Warner is standing not 20 feet away from me. He looks immaculate. Ah! His suit is tailor-made and closely fitted to his form, and she goes on and on and on about his description in, like, pretty big detail. Yeah. And then she goes, because Warner is beautiful in ways that even Adam isn't. Oh, wow. wow. Already doing the comparison. I know. To me, that was crazy. I was like, oh, okay, cool. You're already 
That was quick. It was another, wow, that was quick moment. I mean, she had already always had fascination with Warner, but as soon as it's clear that Adam can't just touch her, then I feel like she starts thinking about Warner a lot more. Yes. And so fast forward a little bit, she's going on and on and on about who Warner is. And now she's actually seeing like a little bit more of his potential. And she goes, Warner's crouched on the ground, feeding something to a dog with his good hand. The animal's quivering, bony body is huddled inside of Warner's open coat, shivering as its stubby limbs try to find warmth after being frozen for so long. The dog wags its tail hard, pulling back to look at Warner in the eye, only to plow into the warmth of his jacket again. I hear Warner laugh. That scene to me was just like... Turning point. Yeah. We love a dog lover here. Absolutely. It like made me like him. Yeah. When it shows you that he's compassionate when people aren't watching, because he's over in a corner where no one else... He thinks no one else is seeing him while he's Mm -hmm. doing this, and so... This is sort of supposed to be our impression of who he is when no one's watching. Yeah, which, like, to me, speaks so much more than, like, when people are actually watching. But then you Mm -hmm. see, like, he does have this softer side, and he sees, like, okay, if you love puppies, like, you're automatically (laughs) a good person in my eyes. So it's, like, as soon as I saw that, I was, like, oh, okay, maybe he's not so bad. Right. Maybe he's going to have this, like, big turnaround moment. So right, and he I, um, I sees it. her. He sees her briefly while mm-hmm. she's standing there and just admiring him. Uh. But somebody grabs her, and it's <gasps> yes. Kenji. And so Kenji immediately <laughs> turns her invisible and is like, "What the heck do you think you were doing?" But he is able to project onto her and keep her invisible too. And so she's not really sure, like if he really saw, if Warner really saw her or not. Mm-hmm. But she thinks that he did, and yeah. so. Uh, you know, Kenji had come back because he's been watching her and, you know, making sure that she was doing what she was supposed to do, which yeah. she was not. Nope. But he's like, you know what, you're going to keep up. Well, and then, okay, I wrote that, that it was freaking brutal what he says because she was like, what? I do take this seriously. And he goes, bullshit. All you do is sit around and think about your feelings. You've got problems. Boo freaking who. Your parents hate you and it's so hard, but you have to wear gloves for the rest of your life because you kill people when you touch them. And he goes on about, like, snapping her out of it and how she doesn't have actual problems and she's living like a king. I was like, oh, damn. Like, it was harsh. Yeah, it was some tough love for sure. It may be even beyond tough love. Yeah, I felt like part of me is like, okay, there's tough love, but, like, that was was a little brutal for my liking. But I feel like she really needed that to turn around, though, because she was just moping. She was just moping and moping, and he's like, you gotta knock it off. Yeah. Everybody's life is tough and you need to get over yourself. And I don't know. I, I kind of felt like she needed it. I, I felt like she needed it. But part of me is like, I'm also, at this point, I was actually starting to see that Kenji has his own issues too. Right. And up to this point, I was like, oh, like, Kenji's just there from everybody else. He's the goofball. Happy, he's the lucky. Yeah. yeah. And I felt like here, he's like, you want to see some real problems? And I started right. really thinking about like how he's been living. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of turned my eyes a little bit away from Juliet and also started to see Kenji a little differently, mm-hmm. too. When I think after this point, too, when she starts trying to invest more time in people, she also recognizes more often, like, oh, Kenji's having a hard time, or oh, Kenji looks like he's struggling, or oh, it must be so hard to always be the one yeah, laughing. I don't know. Yeah. 
And again, it's like humor. Humor is definitely a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. which we all use. <laughs> but yeah. it's starting to become very, very apparent that that is going to be Kenji's defense mechanism. Right. So you start, every time he cracks a joke, I started being like, oh, that's a little more sad than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Because it's during this mission when she really acknowledges how important Kenji is for the whole group and mm-hmm. for the whole compound and anti-reestablishment. I don't know. Yeah. What they, I don't remember if they call themselves something, but. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the name for Omega either. Point. That's oh, Omega for, Point. Yeah. Omega um, Point, yeah. We could basically just call them the anti-reestablishment, right. though. <laughs> Counts. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, you know, after this kind of harsh conversation with Kenji, mm-hmm. she meets up with the rest of the group that's on this mission and kind of has, like, friendly banter with more people, too, mm-hmm. and she seems like she tries a little harder to insert herself in the conversation, and they're like, what? She speaks? But then they're really <laughs> inclusive, and that's, I think, when it was a good reminder that everybody else was maybe more open to getting to know her than she thought they were. Like, mm-hmm. she's saying, oh, yeah, moms are going to pull their kids away, and nobody wants to talk Everybody's to me. Everybody's scared of me. But I think that was just her being an unreliable narrator and saying yeah. that that's what her interpretation of their behavior was because everyone that she talks to is always so welcoming to her yeah and even like ian says you know you remember to speak when we get back to the point maybe you should join us for lunch sometime we can fill you in i thought that was really sweet yeah i I think it was a little bit of a turning point for her though Mm -hmm. talking to kenji and that's why i think he kind of needed to be that harsh yeah because i think she needed that to really have kind of a kick in the butt yeah yeah sometimes that's really good so Kenji is back with uh, Juliet now after she's run away crying from Adam and uh, they're trying to work on harnessing her energy again. Yeah. And it's when she also acknowledges that the adrenaline, when that takes over, that that's, she says, once that crazy feeling takes over, it needs an outlet. I have to touch something. I have to release it. And so it's the first time that I think she's reflecting a little more clearly on what her body is telling her when she's using her energy and then it's the first time that i don't know i I think she's a little more like successful and really trying to think of how to apply it absolutely and so i thought that that was a really good realization well and then the fact that she felt comfortable enough to talk about it with kenji too yeah was another big factor and i so i really liked that as well she was like hey this is how i'm feeling this is what this feels like Mm -hmm. yeah i really liked that a lot and so she kind of has a bonding moment with kenji too as he talks about Mm -hmm. his experience of uh turning invisible for the first time and how that goes and he i don't know it's i think it's just it kind of open the floodgates a little bit for that that level of comfort for them together but then I laughed also really hard when he said that she had severe mental constipation (laughs) I know Kenji and his little witty things like throughout this entire book Kenji just has me freaking laughing Laughing. their sarcastic banter his jokes like to me he was just so freaking funny yeah I just loved it he is funny but you know what he helps her and she breaks that brick she crumbles it and it is gone. Oh, I love so proud. that. Because she's like, oh, like this, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> she just did it. I know, and then it's like so casual yeah. after weeks of trying. Exactly, because I think now she's actually starting to realize, like throughout this entire time, they've been talking about like, oh, my emotions take a really big part in this. And so now she's actually starting to like harness the emotions. And instead of being afraid of it, she's actually trying to work on it. And she's like, oh, wow. 
that was really easy. Like, I didn't realize I had this much strength. I didn't realize I was able to do this with this much ease. So I thought that was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I agree. I loved it. But then it did also crack me up when she (laughs) compares herself to a Venus flytrap. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I know. I was like, huh? (laughs) Oh, man. So then, to your point, Castle calls everybody up to his office in the middle of the night. Mm Mm-hmm. In the, in the middle of the night. And he has some very interesting information. We learn that Warner's father, the supreme commander of the reestablishment, has now arrived at Sector 45. They really want Juliet, oh, just to talk, you know. They just want to talk with her. But you're just glazing over the fact that Warner's father is the supreme commander. Yes. Like this, you know, super high ruler or whatever <laughs> that is like very much in charge and so it kind of apparently family business yeah which like who knew i'm confused who's the supreme commander castle's gaze rests on me warner's father oh (laughs) yeah did you also notice the difference between how they described castle's office versus how they described warner's facility no enlighten me so i guess i just noticed a really big difference because if you remember when juliet is walking around all of Warner's rooms and things when she was first kind of kidnapped by him. She is so uncomfortable with the extravagance there. Oh, and yeah. as she walks into Castle's office, he's, she says his office is nothing more than a room with a few bookcases and a simple table that doubles as a workstation. Everything is made of recycled metal, and his desk looks like it used to be a pickup truck. And it just, it, it kind of yeah was like another good reminder, I think, that Omega Point is really trying to do better in spreading the wealth for the people or doing better for the people. And up until this point, I I was still not really sure what to think of Castle or Omega Point Mm -hmm. if I really trusted that they were as good as they said they were. And I think that was one of the small indicators that I had that maybe they really were genuinely trying you know right. like maybe they really were just genuinely that good right and i loved that they were generally generally like trying to be better as a people but something else that i really noticed is that the way that they describe castle in general at this point is how scatterbrained that he yes. is and he can't keep things straight and he like his de- everything was messy and so immediately i was like oh my god this is their leader this is who is leading them into this new kind of world like yes they have the best of intentions but like are they really going to be able to, like, play it out the way that they think that they're going to? So I, this is when I started to have doubts about Castle and mm. Omega Point. Mm, see, I think I, I had the opposite. I think that was the point where I started mm. being like, oh, maybe they can really do this. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's, that's funny. funny. That's when I started. Downing. We all knew that her going to Sector 45 for whatever reason was going to be bad. But, like, I still at this point thought that they were going to have a future, but, like, Castle probably wasn't going to be the best leader of it because of how scatterbrained and stuff that they said Mm. he was. And, like, this wasn't the first time they had said it. Mm. And so I just started noticing, like, hmm, he's making mistakes. He's, like, doesn't know how to organize. And, like, to me, good leaders need to be super organized. And so, Mm. yeah. And so Adam... You know, is hearing that Juliet is supposed to be going and basically being bait to try and pull them in. Yeah. And he is not having it. No. She was basically supposed to be the distraction is what they think that she was going to be. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Adam is super upset. He's like, 
don't we have anyone who can do something crazy enough to throw everything off to give us an advantage? And he's like, you are out of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's interesting because I even made a note, mm-hmm. like, as they're all still talking, this is before they've left on Point or anything, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, basically she's saying that she'll go and she's agreeing to it, and Castle is proud, mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody else is maybe kind of upset, but she goes, and I realize... Uh, this is probably what I'm meant to do. This is exactly why I'm here. Maybe I'm supposed to die. But I wrote in the corners, I'm like, maybe, will she just choose Warner at the meetup? Because I, I kind of mm-hmm. questioned that too. She's already had just all these questions over him. And all of a sudden, when he's just there and available, I was like, wondering if she would just choose him, like actively choose to leave Omega Point and leave to go to him. Yeah, I was, part of me was like, when is she going to leave Omega Point? Because she clearly, like, she doesn't fit in. Mm-hmm. She's already uncomfortable. And then at this point, to me, it was like, maybe it's an out. Maybe it's an out for her to go meet Warner's father. Yeah. But another part of me was like, oh, Warner's not going to be there. Like, this is just going to be like a business plot. Like, a meeting mm. where he can... I don't know. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I knew it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. But that maybe I'm just supposed to die. But James... <sighs> James knew. Oh, that was so sad. It was another, I think, a good moment for her to recognize, though, mm-hmm. that her life is hard, but so is other people's. Yes. And she even recognizes that, and that she's like, I've been so concerned with my own issues, and never occurred to me that James would care so much. Right. And... He was standing up for her to all of his new friends and stuff. And he was, you know, backing her and saying that she wasn't mean or she wasn't doing, like, bad things or killing on purpose or whatever. And But the fact that a child can say, I was really, really bad at you. Yeah. It's just like, a very mature thing for a child to say, though. (laughs) And those words hurt. Yeah. Especially coming from little kids. And so he's he's just, he's understanding, but he also kind of wants an apology and an explanation. Yeah. And the fact that he came forward and she had to, like, talk to him about it was really sweet. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was so cool as they're getting all decked out with all their weapons and stuff. Her brass knuckles. I was like, yes. yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that I liked it, cool. too. But part of me, okay, when she put on the brass knuckles, part of me was like, wouldn't she be more effective if she just took off the glove? Well, remember her banging through the ground? I don't know. Like, she, I remember and she thought she had hurt her hand. When she had broken the earth. Yeah. And so, you know. Yeah. yeah. I like the brass knuckles, too. I just immediately thought, like, yeah. but could she? Why not both? Por que yeah. no los dos? There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> why but, choose? But, yeah, why choose? We love a why choose. <laughs> we love why choose. But as soon as she slips that on and she's got her little superhero suit and she's got her brass knuckles, her confidence in herself already sounds so different you know we've talked about the difference in her inner dialogue and like some of the writing style with like the crossing out and the um, Mm -hmm. duplication of things and stuff and immediately after she puts it on she's like easy i can do this all confidence no other words in there and and she seems like a totally different person yeah and i loved that because this is it's kind of how she felt in the first book too like where she puts on the suit and she's like damn i look good and so do the boys the boys yes, all recognize they it all too. loved it too and so it's really like when she's starting to jump into her own power she starts to notice how powerful she is mm-hmm. and she starts to become more confident yes. and every time she does it she becomes more and more confident which i just loved 
Mm-hmm. I loved that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as they're walking into the house, they see a few tanks, six of them together. Mm-hmm. And Kenji makes it really clear that the only time that you see that many out is when they're getting ready for a really big fight. And this is the same time that everybody from Omega Point is getting ready to have their big fight, too. Yeah. But they thought that they were going to have the upper hand. So <laughs> now the three of them are all nervous going into this house because they thought that they were going to have, I don't know, some advantage. Time, it doesn't yeah. really seem like Advantage. Do. That's a really good way to put it. And then Warner's dad, Anderson, opens up the freaking door. Yep. And... Oh, she was like, I'm staring at a man who is absolutely breathtakingly <laughs> beautiful, and he is a man. Yep. <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. This is, like, kind of how she described Warner, too. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, oh, my God, that's the most beautiful man I've ever seen. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hold on. You have never described Adam like that. You just said, basically said he was cute. I'm like, and now you're describing a man who you know is Warner's dad, like this. Oh, it was so weird to me. Yeah. Mm. No, I I did also notice that. Yeah. And so his dad, Warner's dad, makes it clear that Warner has basically been begging for her to be spared and for him to get her back because he's clearly obsessed with her. Clearly. Says, never, not once in 19 years has he ever asked me for anything. And what has uh. he asked for? Juliet. So how did you feel... About Warner at this point, when he's basically I, doing everything he can to get weird. her back. I thought mm-hmm. it was weird. I was like, dude, he's a little obsessive, know. right? Very obsessive. And like, going back to the first book, I thought Warner was extremely obsessive, and I didn't, I didn't like it. It was mm-hmm. like a, you're mine, even though I've done nothing to, or so you think, mm-hmm. even though I've done nothing to show you why mm-hmm. and. I don't know, the whole him being extremely obsessed with her with little to no interaction was just really weird to me. And so this just kind of made that even more of a fact of, like, oh, Warner's still just, like, obsessed with her. Like, this is so odd. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Nope. But he's shown his emotions when he sees her, and and he's making it really clear. My name you may call me Supreme Commander Anderson. And I did. <laughs> I highlighted it, but I didn't actually realize how important that would be until later. Yeah. And so I was like, why? Still confused. Why does that matter? <laughs> right. Because I hadn't thought about the names part of it either. Yeah. Uh-huh. I hadn't either. Which, like, names become a really big thing in this book. And so um, Anderson goes, shoot her, shoot her right now. But he doesn't. He doesn't yet. Right. Yeah. Juliet right. kind of gets the upper hand for a moment. Mm hmm. And she's showing her physical strength that she now has a little bit of control over. Mm-hmm. And she just is seeing red, shoots him in one leg, shoots him in the other leg. Well, before that, too, like, right, like, literally right before she went to shoot him, I highlighted how many times have, this is coming from Anderson's point of view, talking about Warner as a child. He's like, how many times have I woken up in the middle of the night to find you, even as a little boy, trying to shoot me in my sleep? Mm -hmm. And how many times were you able to go through with it? How many times did you succeed? How many times did you burst into tears, apologizing, clinging to me like some demented, and then obviously Warner gets upset and his dad is going off on him about how weak he is and he's always cleaning up his messes and I was like ah shit this is another like abusive relationship basically Mm -hmm. it just it again 
brings you back a little bit into the mind of Warner and like why he is the way that he is like mm. wow some things have like really shaped him and mm-hmm. we're seeing different sides of him a little bit mm-hmm. because yeah you're totally right an I explosion the sound later. of glass shattering someone yanks me back as I pull the trigger and the bullet hits the window bullet behind Anderson's head but then he hits her er, I'm sorry she shoots him in both legs and I was like Mm -hmm. at least you're maiming him like you're not killing him which Mm -hmm. you don't really want to do but I guess at least you're getting him a little bit right (laughs) so I liked that but Kenji pulls her back because yeah he's like Kenji realizes this is not the time for that and that if they kill him it's not really going to actually help their cause and so he kind of just like when she was breaking the earth kind of reels her in a little bit and all of a sudden she looks around and is like oh crap what did i do yeah i didn't want to do that well Mm -hmm. and then this is also the point where adam walks in Mm -hmm. and he his eyes drop adam is on his knees a look of fear and pain and horror and anger and terror etched into every line of his face and i'm trying to shake him he tries to speak my father this man is my father. Yeah, I did not see that coming. I did not see that coming in the slightest. Yeah. So him and Warner are at least half brothers, of them, I think is what we're yeah. supposed to assume, right? Oh my god, that was so crazy to me. I was like, hold up. Well, because who are the two people that can touch Juliet? Yeah, which like then when you look at it like that, it makes sense to be a family thing. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was not that, expecting that at all. I was not though. expecting that at all. So like, how did you feel about that? Did you have any like... Um, I don't know. It felt a little random at the time, but then <laughs> I think that as it goes on, yeah, you know, I, I think I like how it fit into the story, mm-hmm. but in that moment, I was like, what, what the heck? <laughs> I was literally like, what? What? Mm-hmm. I was like, why? Because <laughs> I didn't even think about this until I kept reading later on, but I was like, she has to choose between two brothers? Yeah. What? Jorge Nolasto. <laughs> We're just, just gonna turn this into a quick I choose. You like just I need to read some fan fiction here. <laughs> oh my god. If I liked Adam more, maybe. But like Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's I don't fair, really so and so Castle has said like the word like this is war, basically. Mm-hmm. And they walk out and they're all like, okay, cool, now we can use our powers to, like, do something really big. And she says, I shatter what's left of this earth. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, all right, okay. Like, you're you're learning quickly, Juliet. Mm-hmm. That was very interesting to me. Um, and then they find this random tank. They get in. Mm-hmm. But they have somebody else with them. Warner. Because Warner. Warner got hurt. By his father? His father beat him up or something? His yeah, father happened? I think so. And so Kenji is carrying Warner towards, like, this tank or whatever, and he takes Warner with him. Yeah. And so now their plan was basically to keep him as a hostage mm-hmm. until they find out that Warner can actually also touch Juliet. And so now Castle is, like, extremely interested in what the hell Warner's powers are. It's a lot of acknowledgement over the fact that they're brothers and what that means. Maybe we can yeah, skip but they past don't... that. Warner doesn't know that yet. Warner doesn't know that, but Adam, Adam does. Adam knows that. And then Adam's going and telling the others about how his father used to beat him and was only around every so often to basically beat him. And Adam goes, I have to kill him. 
Mm-hmm. And you're right. I did. I did skip forward a little bit because then after they're kind of going through like, what does this mean now that you guys have the same dad? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? And Juliet has the wonderful task of questioning whether Warner as questioning Warner as their captive. And she starts to see him in a little bit of a light. But Warner is also like, I will not talk to anybody else. Mm-hmm. I will only talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn. But he's not even talking to her about what she wants no. to know. He's just basically trying to get to know her. And he keeps throwing her diary in her face, basically, and saying, oh, well, oh, I've read yeah. this so many <laughs> times. And I've read all of your thoughts. And mm-hmm. so she feels so like violated and yeah i don't know which absolutely because when she had come out of the asylum she basically like had never even been writing down her feelings or anything and so now when she had gotten to the reestablishment, she was able to finally talk about things and the way she did it was like write them down mm-hmm. and so now warner has just like full access to that and he kept being like oh just like memorized a bunch of pieces of the book mm-hmm. and was just outright just talk about it yeah and she uh, says i can only imagine how pathetic and lonely and desperate i must appear to him which also was a sign of like well do you care do you care what he thinks of you because it sure seems like it it sure does seem like it she's like oh i hope he doesn't i hope he doesn't think differently of me because he read this (laughs) yeah yeah i thought that was really interesting but i did like at least when he acknowledges that when she so she's clearly upset you know about him having the diary and everything, and she, she wants it back. Mm-hmm. But he does apologize for kissing her. Because yes. he thought that she wanted that. And when he, he, I don't know, I think it was a good recognition of, like, mm-hmm. I thought that I, I thought that we were on the same page, and that was, like, really bad of me. And yeah. he apologizes for it, which I appreciated. I loved. Again, you're seeing a little bit different because at this point you had not heard him apologize about anything Mm -hmm. and so the fact that he was apologizing to something that was like I don't even know if Juliet had really realized what that meant at the time but now she's like oh wait yeah you're right I really didn't like that Mm -hmm. he's not apologizing for having the notebook he's not apologizing for other things he apologized for kissing her because he knew she didn't want it Mm -hmm. but he didn't know that at the time Mm -hmm. so yeah I thought that was but in this whole conversation, you know, when after she's still in his cell room mm-hmm. with him, um, it's also the first time he calls her love. Oh, which I thought was how do cute. you feel about that? I, I always think that's a cute nickname. Oh, you think that's a cute nickname? You don't like it? No. I don't. I think that... It made me immediately give him a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like that's what I hear when I hear someone be, like, called love. You know, I don't know. Like, makes me think of, like, Lucifer or something. Oh. Well, no, okay, but, but okay. you know what I mean? Yes. Like, no, imagine, like, that that saying. confidence yeah. saying love. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's cute. I guess we just have so We have some friends who constantly call their significant others love, and we kind of, like goof around about it a little bit and so to me it's like a cringe it's a little bit of a cringe i understand he's trying to be like sweet and nice and everything but like sometimes when like pet names and nicknames are overused they lose their luster for me a little bit so Mm -hmm. yeah do you have any pet names for your your significant other i call him g g yeah gianni Mm. g babe I think babe is the one babe a lot also. 
feel like I also use my love. Do you? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's cute. I feel oh, like I also yeah. call my friends my love. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my nickname for everyone that that's I love. That's cute. Okay, so it, like, it meant more to you. Maybe. That's really sweet. Oh. But it's, th- so, oh, I did hate that it rolled into yet another time, because I think this is, this is when we start to see a little bit of a split of how Warner treats Juliet and how Adam treats Juliet. And yes. Juliet has said time and time again to Adam now since since that one experience where she knew that she was hurting him, she she has said, we can't do this. Like, I don't want that. Or this shouldn't be what happens right. anymore. And he keeps being like, I refuse to believe that this is the end of us. Not if you still love me. And it, she just feels so uncomfortable because she now is building this no. relationship with Warner. And Warner is making things even worse, of course. But Absolutely. And this is the point, right, where uh, she confirms to Castle that Warner really can touch her. Yeah. And so they're just absolutely shocked. And they're like, this changes everything because Mm -hmm. Warner's one of us. Mm -hmm. And so Castle's like, understandably pretty upset. He's like, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you report this information? This is important for us to know. And she says because she didn't want Adam to know. Mm-hmm. Which, like, okay, to me, I thought this was kind of dumb, honestly. I was like, I understand you don't want him to know, but, like, you've already told him you don't, don't want to be, be with him. him. And so... It and she's stuck out. to her guns pretty pretty yes, firmly, too. Absolutely she has. And so I was like, this is kind of like, this has beat its own drum too many times mm-hmm. at this point. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't absolutely love that. But even Castle recognizes that Warner is in love with Juliet, kind of oh, before yeah. Juliet's willing to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, I don't envy this. Mm-hmm. I can see now why this might be uncomfortable for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was really interesting. But she does, in fact, go back to where Warner is in his mm-hmm. little room. And... She sees him sleeping and, like, vulnerable and kind of has another moment of just staring at him and assessing him and, mm-hmm. and thinking about how she might feel about him versus how she feels felt about Adam. Right. And we learn that he has just one tattoo on his back. The, it's the word ignite. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. Especially because of the... Cha- the, the next book? Yes! <laughs> yeah. So I was like, ooh, Ignite. Like, I already had the, the third book, and so I already knew what it was called. And I was like, wow, Ignite, that's that's awesome. <laughs> that right. ties in really well. Yep. But then you also see that his skin has a lot of scars on it. And that makes Juliet sick. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, how did you even get this? Like, I can't imagine what you would have endured to have this happen to you. And I loved the way it was described. It says his entire back is a map of pain. <gasps> that made me so sad. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, like, hurt my skin just by reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, like, embarrassed when he realizes that she's seen all of this. And he's, like, immediately trying to throw on clothes and stuff. But yeah. I loved kind of the flip of the script that she says, who hurt you? <laughs> I know. It's like the opposite of what you always see with the guys and like, oh, the girl gets hurt and they're like, who did this to you? Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. Absolutely. And so now it's Juliet saying it instead. I, that's funny because I hadn't put two and two together like that until just now. Yeah. And that's so part, of, that. part of why um, the bookmark that I was yeah. using then from this point on in here <laughs> was, 
touch her and you die but i really want to cross it out and say touch him and you die oh my gosh i love that though name I love for this that. episode touch him and you die touch him and you i love it it's on it's on touch him and you die yeah. because she ends up like being really protective over being him very protective yeah yeah that was really sad because we already kind of know that like adam has said his dad beat him and all this stuff yep. and so now you see this and it's like immediately like yeah. my mind went to oh shit that was their dad yep the dad did that definitely oh it was so sad and he's like why do you care why are you suddenly so interested in my life and i was like truth yes freaking truth because yep. up until this point she's like i want nothing to do with you mm-hmm. to hit in his perspective mm-hmm. and now it's like all of a sudden she's like worried about it like Mm -hmm. that yeah to me i was like yeah okay now you think that you get the right to like be worried about it that Mm -hmm. doesn't no i would have been just as mad if i was him Mm -hmm. but she admits that she doesn't hate him anymore because he asks her directly you know what she's thinking and yeah i don't know she definitely looks at him like he's broken poppy that she can fix and yeah and it's kind of crazy because like after these kinds of like altercate not maybe not altercations but like these uncomfortable conversations between the two of them he every single time he goes i'm just gonna leave oh yeah Mm -hmm. by the way i'm leaving oh yeah i'm leaving but you could come with me if you want right like you can come there's a place for you we'll get there (laughs) oh i thought it was interesting too because part of why she seems to be part of why she seems to be so immediately comfortable with uh warner is even though she feels like there was an invasion of privacy from him reading her journal she also feels like Mm. she can just be comfortable talking to him because he already knows everything about her and all of her thoughts and it made me wonder if adam read it also and was having the same reaction if she'd feel the same way about that because at first you know, she loved Adam because Adam was the first one to touch her. Yeah. Adam was the first one who was nice. And now she's saying, oh, I love uh, Warner now. Or not love. Mm-hmm. I don't hate. And I'm very intrigued by Warner yeah. now. Because, He's very, she's very interested in him. Yeah, because he knows everything about me because he's seen the inner parts of my soul through this journal. Right. So it just made me wonder, oh. how do you think Adam would react if he read her journal? Oh, like, how do you, how do you think she would react to that? How do you think he would react like, versus how Ad, oh. how Warner reacted to reading it. Oh, yeah, because Warner basically kept it as, like, this is close to my heart now, and I'm going to memorize every single word. And right, and he's like, I feel insight. for you. He's like, I feel like I know you yeah. before I even met you because mm-hmm. I read this and understood you. Right, and I really, part of me thinks that Adam would just be like, oh, this is cool. I think he'd be uncomfortable. You think so? Yeah, I think he'd be weirdly, like, avoidant of what I'm talking about, like, oh, well, that was a different time, you know, you aren't that person anymore, or, like, he would, you know what yeah, I mean, I think he would try I and I see that. He does definitely, off. like, dismiss her a lot. Yeah. Which, Warner doesn't really seem to do. He's, like, using it as a tool to, like, get to know her better, but I, I, I can absolutely see that now, mm-hmm. that Adam would just completely just dismiss it and be like, eh, but this was you in another life. Mm-hmm. This isn't you anymore. Right? Yeah. So, I just thought that was kind of an interesting difference, and even she says that, she feels like she has to protect Adam from herself, but with Warner, she's like, I don't feel like I need to protect him from anything. And yeah, that's I thought nice that was too. an interesting reaction for sure. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I feel like you're right. Like, this makes me, like, I don't have to hide anything from him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, 
<laughs> you still don't really know him that well, though. Right. That's a that's an awful lot of trust. So, like, where is that coming from? That was a little bit out of left field for me, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point, how much trust do you have in um, Warner? Um, I'm getting After we've there. had all the conversations in the cell. I feel like I'm getting there a little bit, um, but there's still some things where I'm like, eh. Like, I'm starting to see into him a little bit more, where I'm like, okay, we know what happened with your dad. We see you've got scars. We see you're definitely being more vulnerable with Juliet. Um, You're starting to talk more, I guess. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm starting to trust you a little bit more, but like, It definitely wasn't, like, all the way there yet for Mm -hmm. me. What about you? Mm. I feel like I was just interested to see a different side of him, but I wasn't sure where that was going to go yet. Yeah, that's pretty much where I was, too. Like, Mm. oh, is this going to be another instant love? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how it felt to me, too. I was like, oh, I Mm -hmm. hope this isn't that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little bit of... Yeah. So they kind of have a... A little bit of an extended moment. They're looking at his tattoos, you know. <laughs> and then they find that he's got this ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now he's being more vulnerable. He won't really tell her what the ring is about, but she's seeing his tattoos, and she's, they're basically just, like, spending time together, but at this point, not being very physical. Right. But he has this confidence in her from the beginning here. Like, the whole time, yeah. he has confidence in who she is and what she can do that is unlike probably anybody but Kenji. I feel like Kenji really believes in her too, but he even says that she stifles her own potential and Mm -hmm. because of what other people expect of you, you still follow the rules you've been given and I wish you wouldn't. And it, I like that every time that he says something positive about her or her power, it's always about her. Like it always feels like it's about her her doing well and not about other people at all which mm-hmm. is so different than how everybody else treats it is like how can they use her to do better right. or oh well how should she be doing using it to you know do things with the world but he always is just amazed by who she is yeah yeah I absolutely love that I was actually starting to notice that too and every time they had these kinds of interactions I would always think like that's my girl mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was always just so supportive of her when she did good things and he just he really wanted her to reach that full potential and I loved Mm -hmm. I loved that yeah I really loved that yeah well and it just it was nice I think it made me look at him differently to yeah have him clearly see so much of himself in what he was reading yeah well then they you start to notice that like the guards are just letting her into the room without saying anything so clearly they're they're not really seeing Warner as a threat anymore right even though he's constantly like, oh, I'm going to leave. Oh, wait, no, I'll stay. Oh, wait, and no, they, I'm going to leave. And they know at this point that it's not even like Juliet can defend herself. Right. Because her powers don't work on him. Right. Right, wait, but they they kind of know that. But. I guess not everybody knows yeah, that Yeah, not everybody knows that. Yeah. Castle knows that for sure, but Adam does not know that. Adam does not know that. So Castle, he's really the first one to see Warner as anything other than the enemy. Mm-hmm. And. Warner tells Juliet that Castle has basically invited him to join and has also said that maybe he has a gift like everyone else there because yeah. he can touch her and Castle's intrigued by that. And so now 
you know, Warner is kind of considering like, well, do I stay? Like, I'd only be staying for you. I don't care about anybody else. But right. Yeah. Okay. So after Castle has invited Warner to stay and he's talking to Juliet about it and he tells her that he can feel what people think of him. And so he's always been able to feel how she feels about him, but he's also been able to feel the hate that other people have. And uh, so that's kind of like the first sign that we have that he's kept this to himself and he's kind of known about it for a while, but he thought it was just intuition or the ability to read people. Warner and Juliet have had this bonding moment kind of where (laughs) he tells her, you know, some more details about himself. And he says, my loyalties don't lie with the reestablishment. They don't lie with the mega point. They, you know. They lie wherever I want them to be. And right now it's basically um, with her. Yeah. But they all, you know, then are moving into, I don't know, like the cafeteria or something where all the people are of Omega Point and Castle is uh, basically saying that Warner should get to stay or get the opportunity to Mm -hmm. stay because he too is special. And it just gets into this mob mentality. People are... everybody's mad. Like, why not just kill him? Why would we keep him alive? And people are going pretty crazy oh yeah people and are so, very upset with this yes and so castle says we discovered his gift and he says he'll use it to help and people just don't believe him which is yeah. kind of fair and then castle says at the very end of that we know that he like you can touch juliet mm-hmm. and so to honest, everybody to everybody so everybody knows this which like one adam didn't know juliet didn't want adam to know and now castle has betrayed her trust to everybody to in front of everybody everybody and Adam is pissed. pissed. Which is not really a very fair reaction. No. But and she's already told him how many times I don't want to be with you. Right. And it's like for him to feel like he has this like claim over here was just like really upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. And then she's all embarrassed about it and uh, he's mad. Yeah. And then Warner shows up and yes. he's like, hey guys, I'm here. Peace. <laughs> right. How's it going? And Adam is like, I will kill you. Mm-hmm. And people are just, like, really not wanting them to fight. But they're basically just, like, going off and, like, yelling at each other. And Adam is like, he could go back and give away every detail of this place. And Warner's like, I don't even know where we are, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's like, how can I go and do this if I don't know what we are, where we are? Like, you guys haven't told me anything. Yeah. Yeah. But even through this interaction then where she's got both men right next to her both boys i don't even feel like there i call go. them that. both boys, <laughs> boys yeah right next to her and she, she says she's forcing herself to look at adam so i can pretend that warner isn't here warner isn't a fan of my plan yeah and so i thought that was funny yeah and so clearly even at this point she's ready to be moving on from adam and is kind of again intrigued by warner but she has this like sense of loyalty that she can't get over even though she yeah. doesn't want to be with adam yeah she just wants to be a good friend to him but Adam isn't having that either. No, no. Adam is like, you are mine, you're mine, you're mine. But that was, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like it was really important when she, she was like, I'm pressing a palm to Warner's chest and I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm caught in the middle of two brothers willing to destroy one another and it's not even me who manages to do anything. It's Kenji. He grabs both of the boys, tries to pry them apart, but suddenly like a sound rips through his throat. And it's pure terror and torture. He's down on the ground, choking, gasping, writhing on the floor. I have no idea. Kenji is dead. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, because Warner touched him. Yep. 
I was like, how? I was so confused. Yeah, well, we were so confused because it's clear that it's her powers because she goes, I'm not wearing my gloves. I forgot my gloves. And so, but she's like, she knows she didn't feel herself use the power. And so she's so confused because she's like, this was clearly me. And was I projecting? Was I doing something? I don't know. But I like that Warner's really upfront with Juliet mm-hmm. right away as that happens. That he describes how he's able to feel this right from the beginning. Yeah. That um, he can like feel other people's energies and basically yeah. steal them or use them. And he kind of compares <laughs> himself to Adam too a little bit and is like, "Wow, well that's lame. Like, I know. Who, who would ever need that? I know. I thought that was kind of funny because honestly, I kind of felt that way about Adam's power too. Like, yes. Okay, when is that going to be useful? Like, that doesn't sound like anything right. I would really want. Yeah, so then all of a sudden we go from Juliet clearly being the top of the totem pole. Then I'm like, man, I don't know. Warner's is kind of even better because he can basically do everything Juliet can when she's around, plus anybody else anybody that's around. Anybody else is. And then at this point, we're also kind of learning about, like, projecting your powers because mm-hmm. they've been training and trying to trying to get Juliet to do it and Kenji's like oh yeah this is how I've been doing it and mm-hmm. so I'm like oh my god if Warner can project his power he can just like take the energy from somebody else and like right. throw it somewhere and I was like wow he's just like an energy transfer yeah like that is so cool Full superhero energy there yeah I thought that was really really cool yeah but he didn't really know it. He was like, know it. He was like, I didn't actually know what I was doing. Not at first. I've only ever just sensed energy. I never knew that I could take it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool that it's like, oh, wow. Like, this is new for you, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he knew he had some sort of, like, power, but now he's realizing he can harness it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so he cool. likes it. And, and he, he likes really touching Juliet. <laughs> He's, there's I no conditions. It. So because of this, he's like basically just immune to her touch because instead of it hurting her, it kind of just like yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just like goes into him. Oh, so mm-hmm. that that was really cool. I really liked that. It's like finally somebody with like without conditions because we thought Adam for so long. Yep. It wasn't gonna have conditions, but but then it turned out it was gonna be complicated, and now yeah, we're seeing a different side of Warner, mm-hmm. and Warner can touch her. So Kenji is basically just down for the count for a little bit, and we start to notice that um, Julia is protecting Warner because Adam's really upset, but she's not like Warner did it. Warner did it. Mm-hmm. She kind of just keeps quiet. Yeah, and she's like acts like it was an accident from yeah. her. Right, and so I think that's really cool. And she's like, I don't know why I'm protecting him. Yes, I highlighted that too. <laughs> but yeah. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I loved that. But Adam is still keeping his secrets too because he knows that Warner is his brother and he's still yeah. not saying anything to him about it. Yeah, and to me that that wasn't really fair. Like no. from the very beginning, as soon as he found out, it was like, oh, this is a secret, I'm not going to say anything. And to me that was just like, why? He should get a no. I mean, I understand yeah. that Adam doesn't like him, but it seems like important information. Right. I feel the share. exact same way. Especially because that really could make people change sides, like knowing family and stuff. So it's interesting that he really doesn't want to tell him. Or right. James, that James could have another brother. I know. Yeah, I felt like that was that was really tough to really tough to see. Mm-hmm. And so now we get to the point where she's talking to 
Warner. So Warner sneaks into her bedroom. Yes. And she's very surprised to find him in there, but probably a little happily surprised. (laughs) And he tells her that when he's going to leave the next day, he wants her to come with him. And she's like, why would you want me to come? Are you sure? And he's like, well, yeah, of course I do. He's like, I want you. I want all of you. Yeah. And he's like, is it even possible that you can't feel this between us? Mm-hmm. And then she... I had a little eek moment at that. <laughs> I did, too. I absolutely did, too. And, and so... then yeah. they, they get into the spicy scene, like the one spicy scene of the entire book, <laughs> which I really loved. And it's just, it's them making out, but it's... I loved hearing it from her perspective on, like, this is what I'm feeling, and I'm happy, and I'm excited, mm-hmm. and wow, like, touching, but it's not... He's whispering sweet nothings yeah, in her ear. Yeah, I know. Because he well, was really like, sweet with it. Yeah, like, he goes on this whole rant about all of the things that, like, he appreciates about her, and, like, not just physically, which I liked. Yeah. And, yeah, so then they're having... All this moment. But I loved that, like, as he goes and is kissing her again, he goes, please don't shoot this for, shoot me for this. I know. <laughs> Which was really funny. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, that was a very nice, I thought, uh, spicy Yeah, because scene. it wasn't like, like, any time. It wasn't raunchy. Ju- right. And any time Julia and Adam would have their spicy it moments. <laughs> it felt It felt kind of raunchy, but it felt kind of immature. Yeah. Like, get as much as you can in the smallest amount of time yeah. that you can. And this was like, I'm going to take my time with this because I yeah. want to and I want you. Yes. So I, I, yeah, I liked that. I liked that. I thought that was so nice. Yeah. And the fact that he was like, I do want you to come with me. Like, they're not mm-hmm. really using your potential here. And she's really sad mm-hmm. when she's like. Well, so they've been making out and she's feeling all great. And then all of a sudden she thinks of Adam. She has an overwhelming oh. feeling of absolute self-loathing. Yeah. And it's because at this point, she's still not really gotten over Adam. And she doesn't want to have to choose, though. <laughs> and she doesn't want to have to make that choice. But he calls her out and says that she just doesn't want to make the difficult choice. Because she's she, right. he can tell that she wants to go with him. Because he can feel it. Because he can feel it. Mm-hmm. And so, if you think back when we were talking about when he kissed her the first time, mm-hmm. and now we know that he can sense feelings, mm-hmm. she was probably just so confused because she did want it. Mm-hmm. But, like, she felt guilty because she wanted it. And yes. to me, that was like, oh, my gosh. He knew! Yep. He knew! But then, after he calls her out of that, then, you know, they kind of are doing a little bit of back and forth, and yeah, uh, they both say some kind of not nice things to each other yeah so he's like all right whatever i'm out of here i'm and out he of here yep and then he just leaves and she goes he's gone forever well okay that's a little dramatic yeah but <laughs> and by the next morning at breakfast everybody realizes he's gone and she's like oh i know something you don't know <laughs> yeah i know i know but then she just kind of keeps it to herself she for does. a while like it's funny because then we kind of go back to where they're like scratching excuse me they're just scratching out like some of the words she's like i can't focus on all the things i'm supposed to be hearing all i can think about are the casualties and crossed out and warner's lips on my neck his hands <laughs> on my body the pain and passion in his eyes and the many possible ways i could die today i can only think about warner touching me and kissing me and torturing <laughs> me yeah it's like clearly the back of your mind teenage hormones i thought that was so funny i was yep. like oh i know that when you're like trying to focus and you can't <laughs> Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 
have. You know, so funny. Maybe Warner was right all along. Maybe he and I are really perfect for each other. Oh, that was... Okay, some things in this book just happened so fast for me. Like, yeah. the fact that she, like, turned so quickly was... Against Adam and towards Warner. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, so now um, Omega Point is trying to catch up after their last sort of failed mission with her. Mm-hmm. And so they are once again out in the town trying to support the civilians because they're afraid that the civilians that were kind of supporting the rebellion that mm-hmm. Omega Point represents against the reestablishment that they were going to get caught in the crossfire. And so yeah. they're trying to get out there to help, but there's already so many civilians lined up. Right. Right, and it just says the poor civilians are just caught in this friendly fire. Yeah. They're just trying hard not to die. That that was hard for me. I couldn't imagine, like, walking up and seeing just battle like that. But then again, I've never experienced anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting as they start to make their move. So they're watching these shoulder- soldiers lined up with, all of the people that they're about to shoot, and I'm on page 424, and so they basically are deciding they're ready to go, and Kenji gives the release, and they all fire, including her, and she goes, I see one find its mark in a soldier's neck, and I have no idea if it's mine. It doesn't matter now. And I just thought that was really interesting that she seems to have so much easier time shooting somebody than using her energy. Yeah. Because she... Hurts people and kills people just the same. Yeah. But she's, like, so bothered by using her energy to kill someone. But, like, she doesn't mind if a gun does it. And and maybe doesn't Mm -hmm. mind is strong, but, yeah, she seems to move on from it so fast. Right. Versus whenever she even thinks about using her energy, she's, like, She's, like, freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just thought that was really interesting that it's clearly not even as much about hurting people, but Mm -hmm. I think still just the shame that tags along with what it is. That's a good realization to have. I didn't realize it like that, but I can absolutely see how she feels that way because every time she has used her powers, people are like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, until Mm -hmm. very recently. But, like, she's seen guns kill people for a long time. Mm -hmm. Maybe that doesn't feel as direct. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So they're fighting, and she even has a moment of recognizing that the soldiers on the reestablishment side might not all be bad either, and yeah. she kind of just realizes that there are so many people just doing what they need to do to survive in the world, which is yeah, so true. That's so true. Like, everybody has their own issues. Everybody has their things going on, but, like, kind of Warner is the best example for it. Like, in the first book, we totally thought, like, War- well, I did. <laughs> Warner's <laughs> all bad. Warner is a part of the reestablishment. He's done all these terrible things. And then you start to realize, wait, there's so much more to him. And she's starting to see that with all the civilians, too. And that's mm-hmm. that that would make it so hard for me. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to stand on the front lines. Mm-hmm. I just... Let me also just say I was dead on in my freaking... Literally. <laughs> my thoughts of what I thought was going to happen. I, t- I said that he was going to be the Draco Malfoy of the story. Because he was just put in a bad position. And I yeah. stand by that. And that was 100% That he was bad because he was put in a bad position. You. So. I know. Just had to say that. <laughs> you were absolutely right with that oh, prediction. love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love it. So in the chaos that is this fight, Juliet is captured. 
and she's like, oh, she's immediately saying, like, I know I need to take off my gloves, but she can't do it. She can't, mm-hmm. like, get there fast enough to do it. Um, but then she starts to notice that they're not actually trying to kill her. They're just trying to, like, hold her down. And um, she's like, I don't think he's supposed to shoot me because if he wanted to, he would have done it already. And so she uses her strength and crushes his arm. And But then she tries to run and then gets captured again. And so there, there's a sharp blow to her head and she's just basically unconscious and she's brought to a new location. Mm-hmm. <coughs> a familiar location. Right. And she's brought to the nice house that she had recognized mm-hmm. when they were first trying to do the meetup. Right. And she wakes up from there and realizes that she's, like, going to be clean finally for once. I know. She's like, oh, I'm going to get a hot shower. Yes. Nice. Which to so, me was so weird. Well, it was just funny that in all of that situation of, like, all the all these people are dying and you just saw all these crazy things. You're in a house you don't know and your first thought is, like, oh, yeah, let me get in this hot water. Right. I thought that was interesting that you feel that comfortable to do that. I know. Fall asleep in the bath. I, I was thinking, like, okay, something's clearly, like, yeah. going on with her. Because there's weird. no way. Yeah, like, there's no way you're just, like, this comfortable enough. Because she just, like, gets into the... That was weird. She just gets in the bath and then falls asleep, basically. That yeah. was weird. And then she's in, like, a really comfortable bed, too, when she wakes up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, whoa. Like, where am I? I'm mm-hmm. in someone's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And she's been, like, dressed and stuff, and so yeah. Um, Anderson tells her that, you know, his wife has been there, and basically his wife has helped clean her up. Yeah. Yeah, which, like... Which I'm now realizing is maybe important for later. A hundred percent. I did not... Oh, you didn't put that two and two together? No. Yeah. Well, okay, okay, well, we gotta talk about that okay. later. Yeah. So... But right now what's happening mm-hmm. is she's realizing that basically a woman has been cleaning her up. And Anderson says it was his wife who would be Warner's mom. Uh-huh. And there are little glimpses where Juliet kind of realized that somebody has been in the room with her. And, like, I put together, like, oh, wow, the mom is, like, checking in on her and seeing mm-hmm. how she's doing and stuff. So she's taking a little bit more care than just, like, dressing her. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting because then Anderson goes, am I to understand that my love-struck boy didn't tell you about his beloved mother? He didn't go on and on and on about his pathetic love for the creature that gave birth to him. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, wow. And you find out she's really sick. Mm-hmm. But he does. But Anderson doesn't want to give him any of the details, and he says that yeah. Warner's going to have to give those details himself. So do you think? do you think Anderson even cared about her? Because, like, he's keeping her up at this, like, nice house. She has basically everything she could ever want out of harm's way. But, like, then he talks about her like that. That's a good question because he does keep her around for Warner because Warner wants her there. But I feel like this may be something to talk about more in the next book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, yeah. And so she realizes as Anderson is talking to her that he is crippled. And (laughs) because when she shot his legs and just had a little bit of like a proud proud Juliet moment there. I had a proud Juliet moment too because as soon as she was like, oh my gosh, he's like, he's limping. He's clearly hurt. Wow. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I did that. But he's clearly upset. And so that's why he took her back is Mm because he's like, I get to do to you what you did to me now. Yep. Yeah. 
And so he's being, like, a creep about it, too, smiling it, and being all excited. It was so gross. It, yeah, it, like, made my stomach turn a little bit. He was just like, I'm totally impressed. You alone were able to overpower me. And I thought that he was going to, like, do something gross. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Mm. I was, like, I was, like, a little bit worried for what was to come. Mm. But Yeah, I'm glad it didn't go that direction. Yeah, I'm very glad it didn't go because that direction at all. Warner shows up. Mm-hmm. And he is obviously there to support yeah. Juliet. But it's a little bit too late. It's Yeah, it's a little bit too late because Warner had brought her there because he knows how much his son cares for her and loves her. And remember the first time that she was captured, he was like, shoot her. All right, just shoot her. You can mm-hmm. do it. And now he's like, justice. I'm talking about justice. I like the idea of setting things right. Are you listening? Pay close attention now. Are you watching? He pulls out a gun and shoots me in the chest. Yep. I was like, holy shit. But it's a come to Jesus moment for her. Being shot and dying. She's yeah. sitting there and she's dying. And she says, for 17 years I tried to force myself into a mold that I hoped would make other people feel comfortable, safe, unthreatened. And it never helped. It's like, preach. Fuck yes. Don't make yourself into something to make other people comfortable. Exactly. You should not not get to be your like authentic self. Right. Because you think other people will be scared of that. That is their problem and not yours. Right. And I, I was like so excited when she had this realization because sometimes it takes people a long time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize like people can come and go and so you just need to be yourself. Like you can't always make everybody happy. So it's like... I, I loved it. I loved it. But it was really sad, though, too, because she's realizing this as she's dying. Right. And clearly we know they're in little books, but, like, there could be <laughs> other characters in the books. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh. So she's laying there trying to, like, just heal. She's just, like, accepting herself and yeah. accepting her life a little bit more. Yeah. And this moment is like, man, if I had more time. Yeah, if I had more time, this is what I would do with it. Mm-hmm. And so Warner here is yelling at uh the two girls the twins yeah so he drags her back to omega point like leaves the house right or no the no girl's this in the is house? still the girls are in the house because That's he had right. stolen the anderson had stolen yes. the girls to try and heal his legs heal his legs and so now they're supposed to be healing julia but they can't touch her mm-hmm. and so warner's like grab me yes i could do it and but they don't trust him yep but eventually, they do let him do it, yeah. and he does save her life. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought that was quite the moment. Like, clearly, he was going to save her life, but the fact that he was so desperate for her to mm-hmm. continue to be alive was, I felt like that was really important. Mm-hmm. It really shows you how much he genuinely cares about her. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so she's kind of just, like, coming in and out of consciousness. Mm-hmm. But well, he he takes her yeah. to his back to his... His compound, the original one that he was in in, what, sector 45 or whatever? Yeah. And has her basically hidden, like, in his private rooms. And yeah. So he makes it clear that he's hiding her from Anderson, <laughs> that he doesn't trust Anderson. That's so funny, because this might be a little bit of a spoiler for the next one, but, like, they carry her in a breakfast cart <laughs> to bring her in. Yeah, that was she funny. She's subconscious. And so I thought that was really funny. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, she... She wakes up and he's sleeping and she's like, "How? How are we here?" And he's like, "Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Are you okay?" But 
what a difference from think back the beginning of the book mm-hmm. where she's new to Omega Point and she has no confidence in herself. Right. And then we're come to the conclusion of this book and she says, I'm amazed by how different I feel, how different I know things will be. I have so many things to do, so many scores to settle, mm-hmm. so many friends who need my help. Everything has changed. And it really, she really has had like a pretty big transformation over oh, yeah. the couple months that occur through this book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. And I absolutely loved it. Like the last two lines of the book is mass chaos is in my future and I'm leaving my gloves behind. <laughs> I was like, ooh. Leaving my gloves behind. I love that because we start to notice like the gloves are really just setting her back throughout some of the the different interactions that are happening. Mm-hmm. And so when she's finally feeling comfortable enough to be like, I can do this. I, I loved it. I think her growth throughout the book was what really kind of kept me going. I, mm-hmm. I loved it because some of the points were just like, yeah, this is incredibly YA. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it was entertaining enough. It to was definitely going. entertaining enough. And it, the series just continues to get better. And mm-hmm. so I I liked that. I liked this book better than I liked the first one. Definitely had some cheesy moments. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like watching a, I don't know. Yeah. An entertaining rom-com or something, oh, you know, 100%. where it's not that it's serious. not necessarily quality at every point yeah. but it's entertainment for sure so how now at the end how has your view of warner changed um i think his reaction when juliet is dying was kind of the nail in the coffin for me and in t- turning mm-hmm. around my opinion for him uh at least for him for her yeah um and i think seeing how protective she's felt over him at some points towards the end too oh, yeah. um made me feel a little bit better about it mm-hmm. but if we were going back to our fuck mary kill from ah, book one yes. <laughs> <laughs> i between adam kenji and warner <laughs> i think that now it would be kill adam fuck warner Mary Kenji. You know what? I have the exact, <laughs> exact same list because Kenji is just like the sweetest. He's husband he's material. Like, he's husband material. <laughs> and maybe once we get to know Warner a little bit more, that'll change a little bit. Yeah. But for right this now, point, mm-hmm. I just love Kenji. Yeah. Oh, he's just man. A, I know that he has snapped on her a little bit, but in, in the way that I think all true friends do sometimes exactly like in the way that she kind of needed at that moment Mm -hmm. so I like that I like that a Mm -hmm. lot yeah and I liked that the second half of the book or maybe less than the second half Mm -hmm. you know maybe last third or whatever but it's not just about her finding a new relationship with Warner like there is some exploration there but it's also Mm -hmm. about her finding herself and her finding these relationships with her friends and Like, even on some level, her building a relationship with Castle as, like, a parental figure. And so I like that she spends more time with everything else, too. Like, it's not just about love. Right. And I really liked that, too, because instead of just, like, jumping from one relationship to another, she's, like, trying to figure herself out a little bit, too. And I feel like that takes, like, a little bit level of a maturity that I didn't think we had seen in her before. Uh-huh. And so I really liked that because even though she's noticing that she has these feelings for Warner, she's like, well, I can't just like jump in again. Like mm-hmm. I have to actually know who you are. So what else are you reading right now, Shelby? Right now I am reading Atlas 6 
and I am really liking it. It took me a second to get into it, but I think I'm like 150 pages in, and now I'm really liking it, so that's really exciting, and I'm also now over halfway through The Ashes and the Starcross King, which is Serpent number two, mm-hmm. and I'm also really, really loving that too, so... Good. Yes, I'm. I'm very pleased with the books that I am currently reading. What nice. are you currently reading? Nice. I have three books in progress are right you? now. What are you? Reading? I am reading What Lies in the Woods, which is like a thriller. Okay. I'm like. Was that a book box one? Yeah. It okay. Was book of the month, January the month. 2023. Um, I like it so far. I think I'm like I halfway think through. I also have that book. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty good. Well, maybe we'll have to talk about it. I know. Uh, so I'm reading that one, which I'm liking so far. Um, I'm reading, uh, The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters. Oh, I like that. Um, so that's nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I talked about it last time. I don't know if you did. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, exactly what it sounds like. It's yeah. a, or like it's supposed to be talking about how to make your meetings with people more intentional. So oh, whether cool. that be parties that you're throwing with your friends or things that you're doing at work or whatever, but just being more, yeah, how to be more intentional about curating memorable experiences for people. Okay. So well, that's I cool. That was I cool. like that. And then the last one that I'm reading that I just started is Of Ashes and Crowns, which is the third book in the Darkness and Fire series. Ooh. And I don't understand how this series is not more popular. I, really? Oh, my gosh. Well, so I just finished Of Truth and Traitors, which is the second book, okay. which I gave five stars. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I there maybe we there was only, add that. <laughs> there was only like when I looked today when I was adding it to my uh you know, currently reading on yeah. Goodreads, there was only thirty three reviews for I'm of sorry, Ashes what? and Crowns. Thirty three. And it's four four point five two stars. What is the average review for those? Oh my 30, gosh. I don't know how What is the name is. of the series again? The first one is Of Darkness and Fire. Of Darkness and Fire. I'm going to add that to our list. By Amber Palmer. Okay. And the first one I liked, but I didn't love. I think I gave it four stars. And so I like I did really like okay. it. And it was a true four stars for me. Um. But then like going into book two, it was... Like, as gut-wrenching, and this is a slight spoil warning for uh, Throne of Glass, if you haven't <laughs> read that, but uh, the scene with when the mask is still on, <gasps> oh. and she has, a, you know, is separated and with her oh. friends, and she's like, take it off, take it off, and like the, oh my God, that was so how gut-wrenching yeah. that felt of, like, like, trauma, that? it is, in some ways, even worse, like, it is so gut-wrenching, the, like, torture and trauma or whatever, but... I mean, in the best ways, in oh, the I love character make me feel development, something. like separately and together, and how the all the different relationships are building. I just absolutely oh my god, loved gosh. it. I cannot believe that it's not more popular. Maybe it we, is exactly yeah, maybe we the should type add of, that. Yeah, that would be so cool. It is exactly the type of book that anybody who likes these like romantic fantasy, um, I don't know any of those types of books. It is exactly up that alley, and I really like it because the main character is a little bit older. Oh, and yeah. it's like more of a woman, yes. less of a girl. And I, really, I like that. really, really like that. And I feel like, well, especially because we read a lot of YA, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes diving into like something that's more like our age group, yeah. like you, you connect with it so much harder. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I'll let you know how that third one is, but yeah, I just started of Ashes and Crowns and yay. Yes. 
Oh, that so sounds awesome. And that just released, I think, in May, so it's pretty new. But pretty new. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for joining us on Miss Willow's Book Club Podcast. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Miss Willow's Book Club Pod for our upcoming reads. Keep, Keep it spicy, book lovers! <laughs> <laughs>